1: what is going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the wisconsin sportsman podcast brought to you by tacticam this is your home for all things outdoors in the badger state and i am your host josh raley and uh man it's the first week of june the first full week of june and uh, man what that means is only one thing turkey season is behind us Uh, one of my favorite times of the year is now in the rearview mirror And we've got a long wait until, uh, one of my next favorite times of the year. That is when, uh, deer season rolls around. So got a lot of time to fill in the meantime. Uh, but I think we've got a little bit of leeway to have one more conversation about turkey hunting. And, uh, I wanted to catch up with Matt Strine from weathered oaks game calls. Uh, you may have caught the other episode that we did with him earlier in the year. Matt's a great guy. He's a diehard turkey hunter. Uh, he owns Weathered Oaks Game Calls. They make a fantastic pot call. I was actually uh, had the opportunity to use one of their prototype calls this turkey season. I was extremely happy with it. They're going to be adding that call, uh, or at least one very similar to the one I was running, to the lineup this coming year. And I can't be more excited about uh, getting my hands on one of those, man. they're They're fantastic calls. If you're looking for a pot call, I think they're kind of geared down for the year. So you probably won't be able to find one right now. You maybe can find one on FreeToProwl.com, where they uh, sell a lot of their calls at. But um, definitely for next year, check out Weathered Oaks game calls as we get into that, you know, January, February timeframe when you're starting to think about pulling the calls back out. So I had Matt back on, talk a little bit about his turkey season, recap the last bit, the last week or so, maybe the last couple of days of my own turkey season. We get into all kinds of good stuff on this episode. We talk about the ethics of reaping. We talk about uh, how difficult it can be. We talk about the ethics of shooting a turkey out of the tree. We talk about uh, decoy strategies. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, Matt's a great guest. Loved having him on. Uh, Looking forward to potentially uh, having him on again to talk about some of their grunt tubes that they're going to be making this year over at Weathered Oaks. And so, uh, yeah, Great company. Check him out if you haven't already. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and also you can find his calls on free to Before we jump into the episode, though, I just want to say uh, if you haven't already, please go and leave us a review. If you dig what we're doing, leave us a five star review on. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever wherever it is you access this podcast. Leave us a written review if you've got the opportunity to do that. Let folks know that this ain't a bad podcast to listen to. Also, you can follow along with us on Instagram to keep up with everything that we're doing this summer. Also want to make a little bit of a call here. Uh, I've been trying to find somebody to come on and talk summer smallies. And I am not a good smallmouth bass fisherman by any means. I would love to have someone on who is. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, that's me. Reach out to me on Instagram or hit me up, josh at the Wisconsin Sportsman.com. Shoot me an email, and uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do about getting you on the show. Before we jump into the conversation, though, with Matt, I do want to say a big thank you to our partners. Number one, Tacticam, the title sponsor of this show. I've been running the 5.0 and the 5.0 wide cameras this spring, and I'm really pleased with their performance. Uh, I got these things wet, I use these things in bad weather. I drug these things through the grass, through the dirt, through the mud, and uh, yeah, they held up. They just kept going strong, providing excellent... Uh, quality video and audio also they just launched on june 1st the reveal x gen 2 cameras it's about time right now to get the cameras back out so you can catch velvet pictures throughout the summer watch those deer grow and uh, just in time for that the reveal x gen 2 is out now so go check them out over www.tacticam.com also on the topic of trail cameras big thanks to deer lab our newest partner on this show Deer Lab is a trail camera photo management software. I love this software. I've been using it all spring long. What you can do is get your camera cards, bring them home, log in to your account on Deer Lab, upload all of your photos right there. It automatically syncs up with the local weather. And if you want to begin tagging animals, you can tag specific bucks. Looking forward to using that feature this summer and uh, keeping an eye on where certain deer like to be at certain times. The folks over at Deer Lab have been kind enough to give us a promo code that we can use uh, here at the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. So if you go over and uh, check out Deer Lab, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, at checkout, that'll get you 20% off of any plan. So DeerLab.com, excellent product, even better people. Going to be having John on here in a couple of weeks and chatting with him more about some of the awesome features that Deer Lab has to offer. Now, with all of that stuff out of the way, let's jump right into the episode with Matt Strime. All right, joining me for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is Matt Strime from Weathered Oaks Game Calls. What's going on, man?
2: Not much, man. What's going on with you?
1: Oh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Thanks for agreeing to come on this show again. I can't believe you decided that you'd do it again.
2: always fun
1: yeah for sure well <clears throat> it's been a couple of months since we talked it was pre-turkey season last time we chatted so what's what's been what's new in your world since uh since last time we chatted
2: um turkey season's over uh <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's
1: <the newest>. gosh <laughs> man doesn't it doesn't it seem like it was i mean there was all that anticipation and i felt like man this is going to be a long turkey season i was like between me and buddies, there are tags represented for every season, A through F, and this is going to be a long one. And it felt like it during it, but now that it's over, I'm like, man, I'm not okay with this.
2: <laughs> Happened too quick.
1: It really did. It really did. So what all, what all seasons did you have tags for?
2: So I had A, E, and F, and then uh, I had some family members that had D, C, or D, um and then another one that had a with me so we had a a fair you know chunk of the season covered
1: yeah that's not too bad man not too bad did you the weeks that you uh that you weren't hunting were you like jonesing to get back out or were you were you sort of like hey i'm pretty happy to have a little bit of downtime
2: no i was scouting every day on the way home from
1: work and (laughs) yeah
2: i I had the itch bad
1: yeah yeah (laughs) dude turkey season like Man, I mean I love deer hunting. I think at the end of the day, I would probably choose deer hunting if I had to choose. But turkey season gets me in trouble more than deer hunting does because <laughs> I just get weird about it. It's like, you know, okay, it's evening. I got to go scout. I got to go look at the fields. I just I just got to get out there. Like, time to get kids ready for school, but I'm already gone. You know, I was like I got to go I got to go scout the fields. I got to go see what's going on. I got to go listen or you know, whatever it is, uh, and I, I drive my wife nuts, man. Are you the same way?
2: Uh yes and no. It, <laughs> I can't do much in the morning because I, I work kind of early, but on the way home, picking my daughter up, my wife doesn't get home till six six thirty. So me and her drive around from four to five looking for birds. So it oh, kind of works cool.
1: good in that way. Yeah, yeah. What all properties are you hunting? And I, I, last time you said you were hunting some public and some private. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Um,
2: I do got a bunch of chunks of property north, like Southeast Wisconsin, but, uh, the Northern part of that, um, I actually only hunted one of those properties this year, scouted a bunch of them and then, uh, did primarily, or most of my hunting was done on publicly or uh private land this year. So.
1: Okay. All right. I did a little bit more hunting on public this year than I have in previous years. And, uh, I see why I have not hunted a ton of public for turkeys. Uh, (laughs) I learned, I learned that lesson pretty well. Um, yeah, man. So how did, uh, how did you end up doing? Like, did you and a couple buddies tag out or was it a, was it a struggle of a season?
2: So out of the couple guys in our group, I'm the only one that got a bird, and I got two birds. So Nice. I had, okay. So I two for, two for three. Uh, first period, A, I um, did some calling for my brother-in-law, and he goes with his bow. So we had, um, I could have killed with a shotgun when I called for him. Sure. But he had. Oh, and just never nothing lined up and we ended up the whole house got sick with uh influenza a the flu and i was down for the rest of the season so it did not work out well for me first period i didn't even have a gun in my hand for more than four hours so oh my goodness it had a rough start to the season but we finished strong
1: yeah when you guys were hunting with the bow were you in a stand or were you trying i mean were you in a blind or were you trying to go without a blind
2: nope we uh i I took my daughter out once this year, and that was the only time I sat in a blind. Usually we're running and gunning, just tucking behind brush, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So you got two birds. You did okay. Uh, Were those, the the, that was E and F, I guess? Yep, E and F. I got uh, a
2: Jake and E and a nice Tom and F. Yeah.
1: Well, man, I've been having a couple of different conversations. This is going to be the very last turkey episode for the entire year. Uh awesome. so we're ending it on a high note with you. Uh I've got to start off by asking the question, what did you observe of like turkey numbers this year? Like did did you did it seem like there were fewer birds? Uh I, actually I've got I've got two questions that are coming to mind right now. One has to do with the number of birds that you saw. W- what was that like?
2: Um I'd say not a huge difference in years. Um if anything we saw more toms and jakes this year. Um, private and public, public, like I said, I saw a lot more toms, but I didn't get a chance to hunt it as hard. Um, the one chance we did sneak out on public, we went right to our setup where another hunter was set up. He gave us the old couple of warning clucks and then we gave it back and walked out. So hopefully he heard, but
1: yeah, yeah. Well, what did you notice as far as action this season? Well, let, let me back up just a little bit. Three. This was my third spring now in Wisconsin. The first spring, riding around, it was like there were turkeys everywhere. Every single property that I saw, every field had toms and hens and just full of turkeys. Then last year, it was kind of the same, but it was fewer. And then this year, man, the the same exact properties just had fewer birds. And there were, and there were uh, there, in fact, there was one property that was full of birds last year and had none. I didn't see a bird there all year. And then another property... <clears throat> um, that had very, very few. It had them, there, there were birds on it early in the season, but then they all packed up shop and went somewhere else. So hmm. uh, it was a weird, it was a weird spring. And I, I don't want to say that that's because of declining numbers necessarily, but definitely there was a difference in the way, at least a difference in the way that turkeys were using different properties is that something that you've noticed from year to year up here like i uh, i never really hunted turkeys before coming up here so i i know very little about it is that typical to see those kinds of fluctuations
2: um i maybe i've been fortunate enough there are a couple of private pieces that we hunt i haven't really noticed much of that, uh, that big of a difference um we've always had birds we've always you know we had a lot of hunting pressure too um but no i think Even the public, we saw a bunch of birds this year. It could be, you know, very situational, too. We didn't have a hard winter or anything, so it's not like a big die-off weather. Uh, Maybe predation got higher, hunter pressure got higher. You know, we're still in the wave of COVID hunters, I think. You know, where people picked it up during COVID. You could just have a lot more numbers in the field, too.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I had, in fact, one property, for sure, that was like the honey hole last year. Um, I, I couldn't go out there without seeing a Tom every single time. Uh, (laughs) this year, however, the, the neighbors had three guys, at least three guys that hunted this place hard and, um, found out they were trespassing and all kinds of other stuff. I think I mentioned that in a previous episode. Um, but man, it, I think it dramatically changed the way the turkeys were using this property. Like they were just not. They were not out in the fields like they were before they'd come through in the little Creek bottom, but I, I can't go all the way down to the Creek. And so I could see them or hear them, but they weren't coming up to the fields like they were last year. Sure. So, uh, man. So tell me about the, the hunts that you did have. So season a was kind of wrecked for you. You're coming up on season E, um, what were you anticipating? Like, were you, were you feeling like you were dialed and ready when it, when E rolled around or were you feeling like, I'm trying to figure this out?
2: Um, I personally had an idea of where the birds were. Uh, my father-in-law had been hunting the property prior. He verified that. Um, and I had basically a day to hunt that season. Had a bunch of stuff going on, started a bathroom remodel right before Turkey season. That's, still not finished so well, i had, had a lot of other projects going problem. on so i only gave myself certain amount of um you know certain one hours in the woods but so i went out one day and we knew where we had to be we set up and you know it's it, it worked out but it, it was not as cut and dry as i
1: thought it was going to be oh yeah what what made it not as cut and dry as you thought
2: uh non-cooperative birds I had, uh, we set up 40 yards from a roost tree that we could sneak into, you know, unseen. Um, Got set up. They started hammering. You know, I was in 4 o'clock in the morning, so it was an hour before legal. And they were hammering 20 minutes before legal. They flew down. Closest one got 40 yards. I had one solo hen decoy out and uh, real real light clucking just to let them know that decoy was there. And then once they started hammering back, I shut up. And those birds flew down and saw the decoy and instantly turned and walked away. But the weirdest thing was those three toms did everything together. I've seen them on numerous occasions. There must have been three jakes last year that were just, you know, hanging out and they just never left. Because um, every time I would, I would try to call at them, every single time I'd call at them, they'd hammer back as they were walking and feeding away. I've never i've never seen that before it was very strange
1: interesting now is that typical for you to use just the hen decoy or how do you typically Uh, roll
2: that we knew they were going to be roosted there so we just put the hen out i usually like it's all situational um late in the season i like to use a tom decoy especially if you know you still have a boss tom on the property okay because they get real aggressive towards you know those late breeding uh hens
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure.
2: Just happened to be uh, just a hen decoy. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, I um I had some um some luck back on in season B, and I had a uh I had a tom, a Jake, and a hen decoy out, and I was like, "Eh, we'll we'll try this out and see what happens. And man, that that turkey broke its neck trying to get over to this, like (laughs) trying to get over to these decoys. I mean, it was it was crazy. I got video footage of him coming in and like. He's so low to the ground. His beard is literally like dragging corn stubble because he's just like just cruising. He'd stop and try to strut, but he just couldn't stand it. And he'd go to go to running again. But dude, that's the only one that has come in. uh, Well, except for one, we'll get to maybe in a little bit that has come into the decoys this year. Every other. Yeah. And I don't, I think part of it's probably the hunting pressure. So uh, two of the places where I shot birds had a lot of pressure around. So I don't know if it was that. Um, but I tried different mixes. I, I took out the Tom. I started, I, uh, kept a three quarter strut Jake or half strut Jake kind of thing. Mm. And I've not had a single Tom give a rip about it.
2: That's weird. Yeah. That, that could be a proton and pressure thing though. Like you were saying. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think, I think it probably is. I don't know. We'll, we'll see next spring. I'll give it a, a couple more goes and, and see how that goes. So, all right. Season E, you end up with a turkey, uncooperative. How did you finally seal the deal?
2: Um, we tried to get ahead of those toms. Um, we kind of knew they had this little loop-de-loo route that they always did every morning. By afternoon, they're in this other field. So um tried to head them off. Just wasn't, wasn't happening. We tried to sneak through and bumped out three deer, which ran directly at those turkeys and bumped <laughs> them up. Uh, perfect only you know only god knows where they went but um so we just went to a different area of the farm and did some like blind calling didn't really get any responses and then we tried um i don't know if it's a new technique but it was a new technique for us we uh so i was with my father-in-law he was about 150 yards away on the other side of a field you know we were on either side of the field and every 20 30 minutes or so this was probably 9 8 30 in the morning um we would like get into uh, fights with our calls just kind of yelp back and forth and yeah. we ended up pulling two jakes and a hen from across the road on another property across the street oh nice yep so then you know i didn't know what they were i just knew birds were coming across and i had to get back to a different spot to get set up on them and um they came in hot for i don't know if it was his call or my call or both of them together but just the two hens fighting definitely worked on those birds because they came sprinting in. It was pretty crazy. Nice. So
1: You made a good shot?
2: Uh, no. I The first shot, oh, no. he came
1: in. <laughs> I didn't mean to put that out there like that. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like, yeah, man, rolled him. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I like
2: gotta admit your uh shortcomings too sometimes no uh he came in on the right side of me and i'm a right-handed guy so okay, yeah. i had to try to swing quick pull the trigger blasted a nice shooting hole through some brush and he took two steps back um was able to pump another round and i shot again and he flew off and i was like you know kind of head hanging low i'm like oh that sucks started walking to the field edge i didn't know there was two at the time the second one went running off and i'm like oh he just ran away i'm like well that sucks I started walking back to my father-in-law. My father-in-law was like, "It's like it's like you hit a goose. It just it flew up, did like three putts, and just crashed into the berm." And I'm like, "Where?" And I happen to see a little wing flicker, out in the brush. And I'm oh. like, "Oh, I did get him." <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, my first shot was not good. I made a you know a shooting lane for myself.
1: But there you go. Hey, sometimes you just got to clear it out, man.
2: Exactly. Easier than the pruning shears. That's right.
1: A lot faster. <laughs> If, if the tricks are just getting that second shot off, yep, a little more expensive with the price I am on now. But. Oh my goodness, <laughs> dude! I are you shooting TSS?
2: No, I um I bought whatever was cheapest on the internet because I couldn't find I used to shoot uh long the XTRs, yeah, and I couldn't find them last season, so I was like, whatever, I'm buy whatever I can find. Uh, I don't even know what they are to be honest with you, oh, but man. they work, yeah,
1: yeah, man. I, so, first. I had a buddy of mine who for my birthday in September of last year went to Cabela, went to Cabela's and he bought me a, a, a box of that long beard XR. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this isn't, he was like, ah, oh, it's just a small present. I was like, bro, this is the most meaningful thing you could have bought me. He's not a hunter. <laughs> and he was just like, I didn't think anything of it. It's like, dude, I haven't been able to find ammunition anywhere. And this is amazing. So I'm like cherishing this gift. So, uh, anyway, you run out, let me know. Cause I've got a couple boxes, but, <laughs> um, I I shot, um, or we were shooting uh, TSS out of the little 410 that we bought this year. Mm-hmm. And dude, I bought two boxes, five rounds each for this little 410. They were seventy dollars a piece. Oh, for the better. rounds. I, but I felt like I had to have TSS with a 410. You know, to give a good to give a good chance. But I've heard of people killing them with lead out of a 410. So I don't know
2: i think it's all range
1: you know yeah yeah
2: you can kill the two and three quarter too but you just got to get them a little closer
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure so you, all right so that's it for season e and i guess it's a good thing that you got it done because you had basically the day right
2: yeah we were uh we were actually looking to get out of there at like 9 9 30 we had some stuff to do and um and i shot that bird at like 9 15 so just everything everything worked out good that day um yeah. Nice. got in it didn't happen as quick as we wanted to but we got you know it got done
1: yeah are you typically a like hunt through the middle of the day or go back try to hunt near a roost in the evenings or are you pretty much like pulling the plug at nine ten in the morning
2: no i don't so i usually i don't know i if you got birds roosted i love getting up early getting out there um but there was during period f we had a couple instances where we didn't know where they were roosted and we got out there right at daybreak and just listened. And then the second we heard them gobbling in the trees, we knew we had areas set up there for stands and we tried try to get there unseen. Um, so that's another, thats I mean, a tactic we use this year that worked pretty well for us also. Yeah. Yeah. is not getting up ass crack early and just, you know, listening to see what's around, especially if you couldn't roost them the night before.
1: Sure. Dude, I am. I'm way too anal and obsessive about roosting them the night before. Like it's just, it's become a, a a sickness for me. Where I'm just like, like I don't even know if I want to bother going if I haven't roosted them. Uh, I don't, I don't know why. It's just, just something in me, man. I just feel so, uh, I don't know. I feel so naked uh, when I'm out there. I feel like I'm just going on nothing. Like I have have no information. But, um, yeah, man. The first time I ever actually turkey hunted a guy down in south georgia took me uh we actually went with his dad and he had a very strict view of hunting he was kind of one of those old school guys you know and he was like hey you know we're gonna get out there we're gonna set up on the roost and if the turkeys didn't come in off the roost we'd make one move on them and after we made that move we were heading back to the house and that was it for the day he just wasn't yeah Yeah, oh yeah he was like they they won like that was theirs they they won today We'll go mm-hmm. back. We'll go back tomorrow. And I'm like, nah, I don't, that doesn't strike me very well. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, all right. So you, you get to season F, how'd that work out for you?
2: Went good. We, um, I, we hunted a couple days, me and my brother-in-law had tags again. So we were, um, the guy who hunts with the bow. Um, so we were both hunting together. We basically tried to roost them. One night, but it was more of just sitting because the weather was nice and just enjoying being out in nature. Um, we didn't see a bird the first night. Heard a couple of gobbles in the distance, and that would have been Friday night of Memorial Day weekend. And then we got up. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That was, Yeah, that was Friday. And then we, um, we were going to get up about 5 o'clock and just listen because we didn't have any idea where they were. And ended up he... Had something to do in the morning. So that plan got scratched and I ended up sleeping in it anyway. So I was like, yeah, I'll get a night's sleep. And we ended up, I went to a different property and I tried my first reap attempt. I am not built for that.
1: Um, <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. One, one second. What do you mean you're not built for that? Because I feel like I'm not built for that either. And I think, I think we're going to, we're going to have some, some true empathy for one another um i am six three, two
2: hundred and sixty 260 pounds okay i'm short but i don't think they make a tom uh fan or beard big enough to hide me behind <laughs> so I'm at a instant disadvantage yep and then crawling at my stature with holding a decoy and everything through a muddy field was that's a young man's game that's yeah a...
1: <laughs> yeah dude it it's tough man like I, I want to hear your thoughts behind the ethics of, of, of the whole reaping thing, because that's obviously been kind of a hot topic, uh, over the last couple of weeks. I, I haven't, there've been a lot of, um, podcasts that have been recorded about that over the last couple of weeks or aired over the last couple of weeks. I have intentionally not listened to them yet because I haven't really formed any of my own opinions on it. And I knew I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And when you said that you tried it, I was like, mm, that's my guy because he <laughs> tried it and I tried it too this year, and uh, first of all, you're right. People who uh, – it's, it's a young man's game. It's a small framed man's game, and it's a dude who's in shape. It's their game because uh, crawling through a muddy field, crouched down where your lungs are, you know, compressed, and it's hard work. Like, it's hard on your body, man.
2: I'm still paying the price from it. And that was like a week and a half ago or a week ago already. Yeah. I still.
1: (laughs) I'm sure it's nice if you're crawling through like a nice grassy field or, you know, something that's to hide behind. Yeah. But, But dude, if you're, if you're crawling, like I was over basically corn stubble and trying to be respectful of like crops, if there are crops planted already, that are sprouting. You're trying to like, hold yourself three inches off the ground as you kind of crouch along, man. It's not easy. It's not easy. So how, how did your attempt go? Well, first of all, tell me about your thoughts on the ethics of using a fan.
2: Um, I'm going to, I'll get to ethics. I just want to say if it's legal in your state, you shouldn't feel bad about doing it because it's legal in your state. Boom. Uh, That's, I mean, that's how I see it. If it's a legal way to take a bird or take an animal, you should not feel guilty or be pressured into not doing it. That's um, good,
1: man. I got I got to I got to interject one thing here. Uh and this is like an official statement of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. There will be no elitist gatekeeping going on. You, you know what I mean? Like the like the guys yep. who are like, "Oh, the you know, the purists who uh yep. you know, you, we can disagree on it. That's fine. But at the end of the day, if it's legal and you want to do it and you're staying within the bounds of what the state says you can legally harvest, go for it. If Mm -hmm. that's what you want to do. And if it's not what you want to do, that's cool. Just leave me alone if I do it. Yep, I agree wholehearted with
2: you. Um, That being said, I don't think I'll do it again. Not because of bad results, just bad it's just hard. It's, it's like we were taught it's a young man's game. It's uh, it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I think the people who, who down on it a lot are like, Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is throw a fan up and the turkeys come running in. Um, (laughs) was that what you found to be true?
2: I had, so I had two separate encounters. Um, the second property I hunt, there's a, a field that you can see from the road and then a completely woodland locked, uh field so i was trying to get to that inner field because there's always birds in that field they're not scared of anything of course i run into birds in the first field which i never do so i i basically use that as a they're far enough away um crawl and just try to get through this open area because i couldn't trespass to get around to get to the other side i had to go straight at them to get through there that was roughly a 200 yard crawl which worked I don't even want to know how long, but once they ran into the woods, I stood up and walked cause I was done. And then we, I got to the, they they weren't affected by it. None of them charged in. They were just, they just status quo and they ended up feeding their way into the wood line. Um, but when I got to the second field, there was a, a bigger Tom single Tom with six hens. And I was like, all right, I recovered enough now where I can try this again. And <laughs> recovered
1: a, enough now? <laughs> right? You mean physically, emotionally, water. what do you mean? yes both of those
2: those (laughs) i was emotional about my physical shape and um (laughs) so Uh, i i regained my composure and i'm like all right i'm gonna give it one more shot and uh if it works it works it doesn't it doesn't and he was probably 200 yards away i was able to crawl 75 yards and he noticed me then or the the fan and he did he went out of strut turned and faced me and probably in five seconds ran 75 yards at a dead sprint right at me. Really? Oh, this is gonna happen. You know, I'm trying to catch my breath. You know, just got done crawling through muddy cornfields and I'm like, this might actually work. This is cool. And he got to 40 yards and he did the typical drumming and putting and got all nervous. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna try to get a shot on him. He's not coming any closer. I pulled my shotgun up which i'd been crawling through the mud with oh yeah went went to aim and couldn't see my bead because there was mud all over my barrel oh yeah i i knew just from shooting enough i pulled the trigger once and i saw a big dust cloud go flying way over the top and missed him completely but Mm. it was it was definitely intimidating sprinting in at you but if if i was a smaller statured person he might have ran in the rest of the way but you can only get so far and so close to a, a Tom fan until you see a giant guy standing behind it. So, <laughs> before, it, it before you see a real live human
1: there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. So, it but it was a rush though, huh?
2: Yeah, it, it literally looked like uh Rottweiler with the hackles up charging at you like you know, beard was jiggling, all his you know, front breast feathers were jiggling, and he was like that quarter strut running right in at you. He he must've been a boss and he didn't want anything to do with another Tom in this field.
1: Dude, I, I have yet to have the experience of having a, a to, like a, like a boss, Tom and the strutter. Now, one of the, one of the things that has, um, I guess persuaded me to use the tactic a handful of times. Cause I did try it last year too. Um, was this whole, like I would pop out and I've got real wings on this, on this decoy I've got a real fan on this decoy I'm five like seven and a half uh now I'm a solid 210 so there's there's not not a lot of me but uh (laughs) you know um but I'm I'm you know crouched down behind so I can get down pretty low and I've actually cut out holes in the feathers where I like my where that line up with my eyes so I can have my face up in there and see real well but dude I've had a lot of toms turn and run um and I, I've learned a couple things. Number one, if you're coming from a direction that they don't expect another turkey to be coming from, like if you're coming from the road, even if you're even if you're coming out like from a woodlot, basically you pop around the corner of a woodlot on the road, I've not had that work a single time. They're just like, nope, not buying that. Uh, and I've learned another thing too. It seems like, a lot of Toms that are not like the boss in the area would rather turn and walk away than to, than to fight. And so if they see you from a, from a long distance, they will oftentimes have the time to just kind of turn and work, a walk, work away and work off.
0: Agreed.
1: But, but the times that it's worked, I've been, and worked, I mean, getting turkeys to come in, it's because I either, one, spent a lot of time in their line of sight. Like they just, they looked over at me and I just sat there and kind of twisted the tom back and forth and, you know, waited, uh, or I was in their bubble basically. Like I was within a certain range of distance. Hey, you just want to take a minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best action cameras on the market for the hunter and angler. They're the new title sponsor of the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast. And I could not be more pleased to partner with Tacticam They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help everyday outdoorsmen, like me, like you, share your hunt with friends and family and loved ones. They also make the reveal cell cameras that has absolutely changed the game when it comes to quality cellular trail cameras at a price that's in reach for the everyday guy. One area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunts before, you know how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or get it in a good spot for a second angle, well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. If you're not already familiar with Tacticam, head over to their website, tacticam.com, share your hunt with Tacticam. This episode is also brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. DeerLab gives you a simple way to store, organize and analyze all of your trail camera data. DeerLab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, like deer or turkeys, etc. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a wonderful feature if you're a goober like me and you often forget to set the time on your trail cameras. Head over to DeerLab.com, use promo code Wisconsin at checkout for 20% off of your purchase. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so uh, reaping worked for you. Uh, basically it worked, but you don't, you don't think you'll do it again. Does that have anything to do with kind of your thoughts on not what other people should do, but like on you personally using the fan or do you feel like, um, do you feel like it's still a viable option? It's just, it's just a tough thing, like physically to, to, for a guy, your height and everything to like get down behind a tiny little fan.
2: So I, I have a Tom decoy and it's one of those flat ones. You can carry You double. It's got to stick in the ground too. I, I bought that for one purpose and it's sneaking to a spot. So if I okay. got to cut across a field, if I got to cut through an opening where I know there's birds in the field, I'll walk slow with that decoy just to give myself some cover. Um, that was my main purpose for buying it. Not that I was anti reaping or anything like that. Um, I just prefer. You know i've i've had a couple back surgeries so i'm not in the i'm not in the most physical capable for reaping shape sure uh, so i i bought it just for that for sneaking to spots because i can't crouch down as far as other people can or you know stuff like that um but i still use that as a decoy and as the ethics of it like i, I could jump down a huge rabbit hole it's ethical because it's legal so you you know you gotta just break it down straight as that it's yep. ethical because it's legal the second becomes illegal it's it, it's not ethical anymore just like they ban you know other sorts of things for certain reasons it was ethical ethical then because people did it and it was legal but when they banned it it's not ethical anymore yep yep and it it, it does give you a unfair advantage to a degree um I've and like you have said too, I've never had it work on anything but a boss tom. How many boss toms are you going to run into in a hunting season?
1: Yeah, not very many.
2: No, it's not like the YouTube videos, not where I hunt, that's for sure. It's not like the YouTube videos where the second you pull it out, everything in the world comes sprinting at you. There's still, there's still tactic involved with it. Um, just the same way you can catch a giant trout on a fly as you can with a spinning reel. It's just... Two different tactics and I think it's as if it's legal still and it stays legal. It's definitely a tool to have in the tool belt Um, Until it doesn't you know until it's not legal anymore I'm not going to be disappointed if it's becomes illegal. That's just one less decoy for me to carry Um, but You'd be stupid not to use it if it's a tool available to you.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah I'm inclined to think too Um, there are other things to take into consideration when you're hunting in a state like Wisconsin, right? Like if you're down in Alabama or whatever, or some of these Southern states where you buy a turkey tag for the year. And what that turkey tag means is you get to kill in Alabama, it's four turkeys and you've got the whole season to kill those four turkeys. They don't care when you do it. Um, I I think there's some regulation. You can only kill one in the first week or something like that, but. Other than that, you got your four tags. They're all good on the very first day. They're all good on the very last day. When it comes to a state like Wisconsin, you've got seven days to get it done. And honestly, with, with, a, with the way the tag system works here, I think you really have to pull out all the stops. You know what I'm saying? Or, or risk not filling the tag, which I guess some people might be okay with, but I've yet to be okay with that you know like (laughs) i I don't i don't go out there just for my health i mean that's a nice byproduct but i'm out there for for some meat and and the experience sure so all right so you get out there you whiff on the tom season f right and then was it that same day you killed the bird because i saw on your instagram story um where you were like hey first opportunity or first First time trying reaping or whatever, it was a rush. And then, like, a few hours later, you had a bird on the ground. And I was like, wait, did you just? And you are like, nah, <laughs> I called it in.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh after that failed attempt and, you know, shots ringing out, I knew that property was not going to be good. That's the nice thing about turkey hunting is property jumping. Um, I met up with my brother-in-law, and I don't remember the exact time. It must have been 11 o'clock. And we just, we kind of did what we were going to do in the morning, sit, listen, look around. And um happened to see a Tom and a hen in a field that we could sneak up to an area. We already had a blind kind of set up in, um, I think it was last time I was with you. I talked about, I scout a lot about spots. So yep. like when, when I scout, I want to have a spot to sit. If there's a bird in this field where I'm not trying to trim branches and stuff like that. Um, we'd actually, you know, we saw some bird you saw that bird in the hen and ended up backing, backing back around trying to make a play on them had the top just the tom decoy this time not reaping at all um just we knew it was a, it was a bigger tom and we were just going to set that decoy out just to see if that was going to coax it in it's so right around that time where they usually ditch the first hen um you know kind of do their thing try to find another another hen um but we just, we just ran out with just the tom decoy, especially with the experience I just had. I'm like, sweet, if it's a boss, the thing might just come sprinting in, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we ended up tucking in this spot. He had his bow, my brother-in-law, and then we set the tom decoy facing away from us, probably 10 yards behind us. And he was, you know, obviously the birds in front of us. So if it came in, if it hung up, we'd still have a shot. Okay, yeah. And we sat actually in the corner of the other field and we could just see through, like, the little tractor path, the bottom corner of that field. So we saw, we had seen the hen back out walking across the field. So I let off a uh, couple of yelps, and that gobbler fired instantly. Like cut me off as I was, and he was close. He was 50 yards away from us by the time we were done setting up.
1: Oh, wow. So he was already coming your way.
2: Oh, yeah. He, we didn't call beforehand, but he he was in that, like, close bottom corner. And when we saw the hen walk away, we thought he was gonna be walking with the hen. That's why we we fired one off right away, but sure. he had, was moseying around just on the bottom end of that field. so he fired off right away. I set the call down and hunting with my brother-in-law's got the bow. He always gets first shot, you know because he's got a bow yep. you know if and if he misses, I'm right there for a follow-up shot that you know, we both, up. Have, both have tags, and I told him while we were sitting there while the bird was coming in, I'm like, this bird's going down either you're taking it down or I'm taking it down or we're both taking it down. Cause we're, you know, it's not, <laughs> if you miss, I'm not going to miss, you know? Yeah. Um, so he, we had just saw the, the Tom's head poke up through the, um, through the tractor path. He drew his bow back. And by the time it like crested the tractor path and saw the Tom decoy, went into full strut and like didn't sprint in on it, but very casually, like, because it was facing away from him. I think this was another part of it. He's like, oh, I can sneak up a little quieter. And he'd take two steps and he go into full strut. Then he'd take two steps and he'd go into full strut, like waiting for him to turn around.
1: Interesting, okay, yeah.
2: It was It was, it was definitely unique to see that. Real quiet too, it didn't gobble once he saw the, you know, saw the, the gobbler decoy. And then he got to the point, at, I don't know if it was 23 or 25 yards away from us, Brother-in-law felt confident. I just told him to tell me when he was going to shoot because I was on him the whole time. He fires one off. The bird ducks down, takes one step, one or two steps, and then I drop him. Um, so it was like, whatever, 23, 24 yards. And, we, of course, we get up real quick, high five, run out there. He thinks he got it. I, I knew I got it. We walk up. to uh, We found his arrow. No blood. He took a wing feather and like two feathers off the top of the back, oh, he, like, Grazed the top of it. But I give him. I give him props. He was drawn back for like three minutes. Oh, no just kidding. holding his bow, dude. That's it's, tough. Yeah. So I was. I was surprised he, you know, was as close as I wouldn't have been that close holding the bow back that oh, long. Sure. But yeah, he, we got it done. we were you know worked out perfect and. Yeah, had a nice big gobbler on the ground.
1: What was the what was the length on the spurs and beard?
2: Uh the spurs are nothing special, just right around an inch, kinda of wore down. Um the beard eighty percent of it was like ten and a half inches, but I had one or two strands that went uh eleven and seven eighths. So nice. And a couple of long draggers. And bird is we didn't weigh it, but it was probably a 24, 25 twenty five pound. It was a big bird. Oh man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun hunt. That was our, I don't know, we hunt turkey a lot, and that's just, it's always cool when somebody gets
1: one. So, yeah. yeah. So, man, that's cool. You were two for three on your tags this year. That works out. Um, this was my first year since moving to Wisconsin that I didn't fill one of my tags. So that was a little bit painful for me. Um, I guess a blow to the ego uh, a little <laughs> bit. But uh, in reality, I'm not a very good turkey hunter. I've just been very fortunate to have some uh, landowners who have some really good ground agree to let me come on their property. So uh, in reality, I have no business being successful in the turkey woods. But anyway, well, man, can can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the calls that you were prototyping this year? Are we still, we still t- keeping tight-lipped? Like I can still not say a word. I can edit all this out if I need to
2: no no it's fine now um it was more for i didn't want to be hit with the constant you know badgering of hey i'll take one of those i'll take one of those we we made a bunch of different ones there um i mean it's not anything groundbreaking it's a double-sided call just how we set it up we tried to do it a little different than everybody else so we did six two-sided calls either blasted crystal or glass um Top surface and then slate on the bottom, all with varying hole diameters on the bottom, um, air gap spacing, you know, everything that you can change in six calls. We tried just to get a good feel of, you know, what everybody was experiencing with different sound tones. Um, But, yeah, it's basically just a double-sided call, a bunch of different wood options we tried. I think we narrowed the wood down to what we're going to use next year, but still working on some of the um, other stuff once we get reports back from some other people. So
1: yeah. What's, what's the feedback been like so far?
2: Great. They, they liked it. It's two pot calls in one, yeah. which, you know, it's, it's great. It's two completely different sounds. Yep. It's, you know, one's real high pitch and the other one's quite low and raspy. Um, that's, it's a lot of people are, we excited about that part of it. So yeah,
1: I, I had one spoiler alert for everybody. I had one and man, it was fantastic. like, I've got a big name brand pot call. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw the the brand under the bus, but it was very expensive, and it's not double sided. And the one from you guys blew it out of the water. Like That's- I I didn't even use that when I started using your call this year. I I just set the other one. I didn't even carry it with me. I just left it in my in my box at home in the garage i was like this is this is all i need so i got this i've got my box call because i like having a box call to kind of i don't know just in case i suck for a day you know (laughs) and can't make another call work and then i've got a mouth call those are those are the three i typically take with me so i just left the other pot call at home Um, no
2: that that means a lot to us um it's it's a you know it's a big risk for somebody to to take a call that's not field tested, because you know you don't have that many opportunities. Um, it's awesome that you had success and you liked the call, because if I would have gave you a dud, I would have never heard the end of it. No, dude. So I ca- I,
1: well, I called in that or I got that turkey on the very first morning of season B. Like,
2: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had been practicing with it and stuff, and I'd had my 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 seven year old daughter can run it, like. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I don't know that she's necessarily going to call something in because it's not like, you know, flawless. She's going to throw a screech in there or something, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but like my seven-year-old daughter can run it. The striker is awesome. Um, yeah. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I like the two sounds too, and I like, I like that one of them's a lot softer. Um, I felt like I could be real soft on that slate, and and yep. not feel like I'm going to blast, um, you know, blast away whatever's Nearby, I mean the other side's not bad either. Like I can be, I can be soft on that side too. But I felt like I could just be real subtle on that slate side.
2: The the diameter size too, where you can actually strike is it makes you be soft because you don't have the little wind up time to get loud.
1: Um, yeah. no, you really don't. You really don't. And and at first, I'll be honest with you, when I when I saw the size, because the one that I got's got, Scott, I think it's a lot smaller than yours. The um yep. the opening and. Yep. Uh, at first I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to really do this, but it, it was great. It was great. I could, I could yelp and I could cluck and I could purr. Like I had all the room that I needed, um, which I think is probably going to make me a better caller in the long run. Anyway, just realizing how much room you actually need, (laughs) you know, to run, (laughs) to run a pot call, you really don't need that much space. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, is that, are, Are these calls going to join the lineup for this coming spring?
2: That's the plan. Yep. Okay. Uh, We're, we're tooled down for Turkey calls. Now Um, we're starting to make, we got uh, about a hundred, 150 blanks for grunt tubes. We're going to be doing this year. Okay. Um, So we're, we're kind of tooling up for that, getting ready to start making some grunt tubes, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. We might not make a huge run of them, maybe a limited number, you know, I don't know a couple dozen just keep it small and just again test the market some more and see what people think of them in a you know real world scenario but
1: yeah well man you gotta let me know when they when they go live because uh I want to make sure to tell folks like it's just a super versatile call and super well built so uh I appreciate getting to use it man had a had a really good time with it
2: no it's awesome I'm glad you liked it and uh yeah, that that makes us happy when we hear people are successful. That's the big thing. So. Oh yeah,
1: man. So I I had that uh, that Tom in season B um, was with a was was with a group of turkeys, and I was kind of talking back and forth with his with his hen, and then I heard a gobble, and uh, he he wasn't gobbling at me. I I don't know what he was gobbling at necessarily, but I was talking back and forth with his hen, and then I mean basically by the time he crested the edge of the field, he was like, no, it's on. I know (laughs) I heard something over here and I'm coming in and, uh, man, like I said, he came sprinting in, but I had a, you know, set of decoys out there. And it was funny when I, um, so I saw those four Jakes, um, that I talked to you about during the youth season, I took my son through this field and was using our, my reaping decoy, kind of like you said to kind of hold out in front of us, to give us cover, to get through a spot where we were going to be seen. Sure. And they pinned us down and came, came into us. Uh, and I've seen them every other time. So that in season B I shot that Tom, I walked to my car with all my gear cause he was a heavier bird. And I was like, you know, I want this to be a nice walkout with a bird. Like there's just something about it, but I've got camera gear and a tripod and just all this junk on my back, you know? And so I'm like, I'm going to take all this crap to the car. Come back for my bird. When I come back for my bird, those four jakes are kicking the crap out of him right in front of my blind. And I'm like, ah, guys, they jacked his fan all up. Like you can see in the in the video, his fan is just perfect and beautiful. And it's like, oh, look at that bird. And then you see in the picture that I took of me holding the bird, it's like his fans <laughs> all crap on one side now because of stupid jakes. So uh, I'm kind of glad I shot shot one of them. Well, what's, what's next? So you got, uh, you're gearing up for grunt tubes. Yep, Yeah.
2: We're doing, um, I had so, so many people reach out last year for them. I didn't have anything to show for it. So, uh, we, we talked about it yeah, we're going to do uh, a smaller batch, you know, hundred, 200 grunt calls and, you know, test the market with that. It's good off season work for us, keeps us going. So,
1: yeah, for sure. So what, what does off season look like for you, man? I mean, Turkey hunting like your thing, right?
2: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like bull hunting, I, I, anything outside, hunting, fishing, foraging. Yeah. So, are you big? All.
1: Are you a big fisherman? Like, is that what's going to sort of consume you next, or are you going to take some time off?
2: Um, well, I got to get the bathroom done that we started remodeling.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know if I can do much fishing before that's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, we'll be, we'll be fishing. Um, and uh, summer, beginning of fall, setting up stands. We do we don't really do trail cameras much anymore. We do a lot of sitting on berms and glassing and uh filming. That's I don't know, I think it's more natural. You only get a you know, picture with a deer walking past it and you can really see what their mood is, where they're coming from, everything like that from glassing up on berms and stuff.
1: Yeah, man. The cool. intel you get from glassing is just way way better than you get from trail cameras. I mean, I think they have their place, obviously, especially for like in the timber and stuff. But yep,
2: um, they they have their place after early season. Early season, it's super easy to glass. You know, it's just big bachelor groups of bucks in soybean fields. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they work great come later in the season. But we just we we enjoy um, glassing them. It's just something to do.
1: Yeah. Do you any so, do you do any turkey hunting in the fall?
2: I'm a incidental turkey hunter in the fall. If I, one comes through, I always get a fall tag. We've targeted them a few times, but we usually end up just shooting squirrels or whatever. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't even know how to go about one in the fall. I've, I've seen before. Uh, actually I think it was Shane Simpson has a video here, here in Wisconsin where they hunted with a dog. Like you go in with a dog, you bust up the flock and then you sit and call the flock back in. Yep. Um, I'm super interested to learn more about that. I need to go see who that was that he had to do it. Cause maybe I can get that guy on the podcast.
2: I didn't know you could do it with dogs, but I know that's a tactic. You spot a group and you just go running at them and then spook the whole group up and then do like soft yelps and putts and stuff. And yeah, the kind of like all find each other right in front of you. But see so yeah, that or just know the pattern of them, you yeah. know, it's, it's a pattern game, just like deer at that point. So
1: yeah, I can't imagine it would be very easy getting drawn on a turkey in the, you know, in November, if you're in a tree stand. Oh,
2: I, I've shot a couple out of a tree Have stand you? before. Okay. Yeah.
1: You're okay. up in a tree. You still got
2: to be careful because they never come in one and two. It's like 30 and 40. Oh, jeez. You know, they're all <laughs> grouped up. Um, yeah. We, we've gotten a couple, you know, I got I actually shot a bearded hen. This, uh, this past gun season it had an eight and a half inch beard. That was, that was a neat one. No kidding. Yep, I was more nervous shooting that hen because I watched it all day. And like twenty five minutes before legal, I got on our walkie talkies. I'm like, sorry guys, this bearded hen is here. I'm blasting it. You know, we were obviously gun deer hunting. Sure, sure. Um but yeah, I was more nervous shooting that thing than I was my big one forty buck last year. <laughs> so <laughs> I just said watched it literally all day just mill around. So Oh
1: man. Dude, I, I saw this spring there was a white hen over here where where I'm hunting uh on public and dude I glassed her probably four separate mornings out in this field praying she had a beard <laughs> I, I I don't know how I'd feel about shooting a hen in the spring um but the chance to take an all white hen with a beard that'd be tough to pass up
2: again it's that legal and if it's legal it's in my mind it's ethical yeah oh
1: yeah for sure for sure okay so i i want to return to the other thing so we we're we're in the on the same page about reaping if they made it illegal i wouldn't necessarily be like brokenhearted about it i think it's a tool and toolkit uh i really like having that decoy to sneak through areas kind of like you were saying and i like to putz around with it in the middle of the day when it's just not that fun to walk along the edge of the swamp and squawk to myself, basically. Um, So I was set up on a, on a, certainly a boss, Tom. Uh, He's been in this field all year long and he was not keen on reaping decoys. He was not keen on regular decoys. He was not keen on calling because this public or this spot where I was hunting is a big private field. The guy lets everybody and their brother, if if you stop by at this guy's place, he's going to let you hunt it. And it's public back behind it. Like, literally, his cornfield butts up to the public ground. And this turkey was extremely visible from the road. Like, 300 yards off the road strutting every day, every morning, and every afternoon. Everybody knew this turkey existed. So, he was highly, highly pressured. I mean, people going after him all the time. I got set up on him. I'd watched his pattern enough, got permission. I knew where this bird was going to fly down to in the morning. I get in there. I get set up. He's, he's gobbling harder than any other turkey I've ever heard gobble in my life. Um, he's 200 yards from me probably, but I know, where he's, I know exactly where he's coming down to in the field to strut. And he's like, he's not just gobbling loud and hard, but like gobbling so often he's choking on himself. Like, he'll, he'd, he'd gobble three times in a row, just like, ar, ar. I mean, just back to back. He just couldn't get enough of himself gobbling. And I'm sitting there, and I'm filming this these tall trees that uh, this bird is roosted in. I can't see him, so I'm just, like, filming on the trees. and I'm like, as soon as I can see him strutting in the tree, like, this is going to be incredible footage. It's just going to be beautiful. And four minutes, I think it was, after legal shooting light, I hear, and he falls out of the tree and starts flopping on the ground.
2: <laughs> the old tree
1: swat. <laughs> Somebody snuck in from the public, got underneath him and blasted him. What are your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we know it's legal, so we're not saying that no one should do it, right? Like I want to know Matt Strime, like what are, what's your jam when it comes to doing that? Like if you walk up underneath a turkey and you realize it's a tom and it's past legal shooting light what are you doing
2: my my biggest fear is shooting a gun although it's it's a you know a turkey load straight up in the air i know we do it for you know for other bird ducks and stuff like that but in the woods that hour public close by you don't know who's where what's what i would be terribly Nervous to even think about doing that Yeah Just To me it's He hasn't started the game yet
1: Yeah man that
2: He you know the chess pieces are all set yet Nobody's made the first move And you Knock all You knock his king off Before we even start playing chess
1: Yeah Yeah
2: um, That's That's my thought on it I, I don't I can't say I've ever been put in a position to You know Shoot one out of the roost But I, I don't know if I would
1: Yeah yeah. And I think that's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, not least of which, cause I was just furious. Like I, I've been walked in on deer hunting. I've been walked in on Turkey hunting. I, you know, whatever I get it. It's public. There are guys out there. I have never been more furious in the hunting woods than I was at that moment when I heard that bird fall from that tree. I mean, I God. was, I was livid. Uh, <laughs> absolutely livid. I mean, good for him. Whoever it was, glad he got a turkey. I'm glad it, it did it for him, tripped his trigger or whatever. Um, my very first time out turkey hunting, we were walking in. It was after legal light, and we're on a bird. We're heading to where we can hear this bird gobbling. And we we walk up, and this is a piece of private, like a really sweet piece of private around here. I had a buddy, took me on his land, and there's just turkeys everywhere. Uh, we walk up, and there are these two toms, like – in a tree that's 10 yards from us directly up. And they're just kind of like looking at us like, Oh, should we fly away or should we not? You know, and this is, this is season D. Uh, and so it's like, they, they're hip to the game and they're just like, Oh, we don't know what, what we should do. And he's like, Hey, there's one up there if you want to shoot it. And in that moment I knew it was legal, but I remember telling him like, I want the full experience. Like this is my first turkey hunt in Wisconsin. And the first one that I feel like we're probably going to get it done. And uh, I, I just remember telling him now I want the full experience. I want the full experience. And that's something that I think has stuck with me. Like I'm not against you shooting one off the roost or somebody else, but for me personally, yeah, the game isn't, hasn't started yet. You know, the game to me starts when he flew, when he flies down, you know, I guess it kind of, it kind of starts with, him gobbling and all that maybe that's we'll call that the smack talk before the game but then when he flies down man like that's when i don't know i don't know this was a big tom though i mean he was he was huge and he'd had a subordinate tom uh with him that would never strut like it would just be out in the field with him and it wouldn't strut he was just content to hang out with his buddy you know be close to the man rather than be the man and uh (laughs) his buddy actually moved in and started roosting right where he was roosting. And it was, it was that bird a couple days later that I got on a Memorial day, watched him strut out in this field for forever. He got down into this field and he would like strut and then stop immediately and look around like, am I going to get in <laughs> trouble for this? And then he would strut. He'd, <laughs> he, I think he was nervous, dude. I was like, cause he was, he was roosting further back in like some, let in a less desirable roost location i think because you couldn't see the field from where he was roosting he wasn't roosting with the hens he was kind of roosting off to himself and dude when he got out in this field he got up on the high point and he would strut and then he'd stop look strut and stop and look it's like dude am i gonna get my butt kicked you know for strutting out here i don't know but i guess he had started to put the pieces together of like oh I'm the man in town now. So uh,
2: it's my turn. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. It's my turn. Okay. All right. We can, we can do this. But anyway, so he'll be out there at least for next year uh, to chase around unless somebody swats him straight out of the tree, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But man, we're, we're coming up on an hour. Uh, anything else that we need to be aware of when it comes to Weathered Oaks game calls? Like any other cool stuff you guys have coming down the pike or is it, um, yeah we just turn attention to deer season
2: uh for the most part turning attention to deer season yeah. um we anything, we to, the, anything we have to do to
1: anything we have to do to make sure we can get one of those grunt calls
2: um let me make sure I can get my guts for them first because the oh okay and all the you know all the shipping delays and product being pushed back so, so I'm not over promising anything right now I got expected delivery dates in June for um a lot of my inner part pieces the plastic okay. like the plastic pieces but all right i'm not not holding my breath on that yeah. so yeah that's why we're not over overselling or doing anything getting a big that big of a hype up yet until we can some, secure some product down um, sure but no i mean other other than that we're just we got some things working for spring um but nothing nothing set in stone yet just kind of enjoying some off time for a little bit and then back to the grind again
1: yeah are you do you travel to turkey hunt any or you just stick it out here in wisconsin
2: we were gonna do a trip to colorado this year where i've gone elk hunting before um they got pushed back and then we're gonna do my brother and other brother-in-law lives in montana now so we're gonna do a montana trip but then he's getting married so i have to use vacation time for that but Uh, okay we'll see the great state of wisconsin
1: okay all right sweet man Hey, I appreciate you coming back on the show again. Where can go, folks go if they want to uh find more from Weathered Oaks or or maybe even follow you around?
2: Yeah, we're uh I mean, we're on Instagram, Facebook.
1: I set up a TikTok. I'm not oh, sure. Ho, ho, ho. Please it, tell me you're going to be doing some dances on TikTok.
2: Uh, maybe.
1: We'll, we'll we'll ease into it a little bit. You got to um, get your full strut decoy in with <laughs> in for a dance. That would
2: have been a good one to watch me uh you know, crawl through a field too behind that <laughs> little thing. Um so you know, we're on we're weathered oaks game calls on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, now TikTok. So
1: man. Yes sir. Don't be
2: disappointed by the TikTok stuff. I'm not that creative in the the marketing space like that. So
1: Dude, you're gonna have a hundred thousand followers by next week. It's gonna be crazy. People are gonna be all over it. They're gonna love it. <laughs> all it takes is you and that decoy getting after it.
2: I'll, I'll write it down that'll be uh next week's stunt man
1: <laughs> perfect well Matt thanks for coming on man I appreciate it always a pleasure to talk to you and uh yeah let's talk deer hunting next time sounds good man. I don't know what your jam is when it comes to like summer scouting and and all that kind of stuff but uh we'll we'll uh, put our heads together and see I want to learn from your style of hunting you're you're hunting in a little bit of a different space and territory than what I'm used to you're kind of in the in the swamps of maybe not the swamps in the marshes of southern wisconsin right
2: yeah a lot of a lot of marsh grass stuff so
1: yeah all right cool let's talk again we'll do it soon thanks buddy thank you and that is all for this week's episode of the wisconsin sportsman podcast big thanks to matt from weathered oaks game calls for coming on big thanks also to our partners tacticam and deer lab good people good products go check them out until next time Get outside and do something to enjoy this incredible resource that is ours as Wisconsin Sportsmen.